Hello guys, welcome to our show. Today we discuss about technical SEO and website migration. It's important to increase website speed to get away all possible broken links, features. That's why I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Ludwig Makian. How are you? Hi Anatoly, doing good. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing great. Looking forward to learn more about that because I've learned a lot from you when you shared all these great lessons in my course. I love them. So enjoy. <laughs> I usually tell my customers, please learn from Ludwig from this SEO course. You can get a lot of insights. How to provide technical SEO, why it's important because it's not only for Google, it's for users and how users need to get websites without errors. Uh, Ludwig, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, about your native country and uh, how to pronounce in the correct way your second name. Sure. Uh, so in, in Armenian, uh, we have the letter H, which is not available in English. So the actual last name is Machian, um, but in English I'll pronounce Machian. Um, I was born in Armenia. Um, I graduated my university there and pretty much the university years when I started diving into, into web development, I would say back in the day and then digital marketing. Um, so as I started with HTML, CSS, basic programming, um, back then there was ASP programming, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, I learned coding, programming, databases, etc. But over the course of time, I saw myself more into the marketing side of things. Um, and SEO was a better alignment uh, with my background and experience. Um, so I'll say for the past almost 20 plus years, I've been doing SEO even back in the day when it wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, great, great. Uh, let's talk more about technical optimization. Can you tell what tools do you usually use uh, that it's a must have for uh, finding all these errors and how to use them right? I mean, like what kind of feature is better to check out on these tools? Um, absolutely. Um, I mean, the tool, tool set is pretty wide depending on what you need to check. Uh, when we're talking about technical part of a website, uh, there are so many things that could go uh, into it, starting from domain, domain setup, server, firewalls, uh, up until to the point where Google can see the code or other search engines can see the code of the website, which is HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and other elements that are on the page, which a regular user wouldn't see, but they are a part of the technical SEO uh, tool set, I would say. Um, there are several tools. I don't want to market a specific one, but some of the ones that I use are Screaming Frog, um, Ahrefs uh, crawler is pretty improved recently, uh, SEMrush, um, but those are the basic ones. Again, those are the ones that uh, analyze the code, internal linking, and other elements of the website. Um, it depends what kind of a technical challenge it is. Sometimes you have to debug the network to see how the firewalls are set up, how does it work. Um, what are the IP addresses the search engine is connecting from um, that may or may not reach the website. Um, so depending on what the challenge is, um, you start with the, ideally you shouldn't have a problem, but if you have a problem, you start with the problem and try to uh, dive deeper and understand what could be the issue and then use different tools um, to get to it. Uh, but a more common one I would say is pretty much Screaming Frog, Ahrefs, 
um, and a few other tools um, that could do the internal crawling. Um, or even Google Search Console can provide a lot of good insight. Um, recently, I've been using Spotify as well, um, Deep Crawl that can give more information mm -hmm. uh, in some of the areas that are cloud-based crawlers. Mm -hmm. I think all tools have advantages, disadvantages. I remember when John Mueller on Twitter uh, told that you can use only Google Search Console. It's enough. What do you think about this point? And can you tell what kind of advantages you can get from Screaming Frog, Google Search Console, IHRS, and other mentioned tools? Uh, and why you use a bunch of tools, not just one tool, Google Search Console? <laughs> Uh, sure. Um, Google Search Console is very powerful and it does provide direct access to the data you have um, related to Google search results and your traffic um, and crawling. But in some cases, this information is not easy to manipulate with. Uh, let's say you have thousands of uh, keywords, um, millions of traffic. You can't individually look it up in Google Search Console and you, you have to some kind in, in some way export the data um, from the export you only get up to a thousand rows of data then ideally you want to use the API and this is where it comes you have to use some other tools to easier manipulate with the data um, this is at least for the statistics portion of it um, you also have the crawl data uh, from search console that you can get but it's one thing what Google sees it's another thing what happens on your server uh, when a search engine visits so if you are having a large-scale website and you need to dive deeper into the technical aspect of it, you also need to dive into your server logs, um, seeing what happened at a certain period of time. Google may report uh, it saw an error um, on a page which you visit today and it's, it's a regular page, no error, everything is fine. But to understand what happened at a certain period of time, you still need another tool set to get to it. Uh, why different tools as well? Um, so let's assume you're using Screaming Frog. Um, you have it installed on your computer, you run it, you crawl the website. You do get a lot of data um, similar to what a search engine bot would get. It makes it easier to view some of the issues, um, to group them together. But then at that point in time, you weren't using the specific IP address that let's say Google bot was using to crawl your website. and Let's assume the firewall blocked Google for whatever reason and the pages weren't crawled. So you still, it, it feels like you have no problem on the website, but in reality, a search bot would have seen an issue with the website because it was being blocked. This is when it comes, you can't just rely on one set of tools uh, to see what happened um, or what's going on. Um, or let, let's assume um, you have technical errors on the page uh, Google Search Console doesn't necessarily provide you all the technical issues you have on the page. Um, could have been uh, broken HTML, could have been broken JavaScript, um, or, or other issues that don't necessarily show up in your Search Console reports. Mm -hmm. I have the question about uh, critical errors. You know, it's interesting that I often see when customers uh, are asking to fix technical errors to get 100% by page speed insights. Uh, I don't know if it's a good idea or not. Probably it's a good idea <laughs> if you can, you know, uh, but 
uh, it's not possible in many different cases when we have uh, hard content and many big websites have no 100%, uh, for example, I check out pages on Amazon, Moz, many other great websites, some of them uh, have less than 50, no, they don't care a lot about that because they have traffic, uh, the page looks good for user experience. Can you tell about finding? Uh, tech, uh, I mean, like critical errors and uh, choose priorities because, uh, you know, when I use any tool, I can find a list of errors, a lot of errors. It might confuse what to do, what to fix. So any tips about finding critical errors and what do you think about getting 100% by the page speed inside? Um, I'll start with the hundred percent. So that's just a number, yeah. right? Um, and when you do the page speed insights, that that number you're getting at that point in time, depending on the traffic of your website, how fast your server loaded, and other factors, um, including accessibility, etc. But whether it's 100, 99, 70, or eighty, or ten. Um, what's the point of page speed insights right um, there are a few major factors your website has to load fast so that you don't lose traffic because people would leave within two three seconds if it doesn't load um, another factor in page speed insights could be the the errors in your javascript which means you have a problem in the code ideally you want to fix it because every user is facing that problem when they visit the website um, other things that could impact your score are accessibility. Of course, you want to make sure your website is accessible um, based on the standards, at least the minimum standards. So the whole point of that isn't necessarily SEO. It's making sure your website is accessible. It works fast. It provides the information for the user. It's not broken um, and it doesn't have errors that it's not supposed to have. Now, in terms of prioritization, um, any tool is going to give you, oh, you have duplicate H1 tags across the pages. You have uh, missed the H3 tag on this page, etc. If it's a small fix, you can quickly fix it. Why not just fix it, make it like more standardized, more structured, uh, making sure your code is valid, right? You want to create a website that's uh, not only useful, but also valid for browsers to, to parse, et cetera, and looks right. Um, but if you don't have traffic on the page, do you necessarily need to focus on fixing those? Um, usually, I, I rely on a few factors, um, what to prioritize. Uh, one of them is how easy it is to fix, how important is it for the website uh, to load or function if it's not fixed or if it is fixed. Um, and then you go down by the list. You can filter it down to, um, let's say, one small change fixes thousands of errors. Or um, sometimes, let's say, you have an H1 uh, put on the website across all pages, the same thing. Of course, ideally, you want to change it, making sure that the headings are properly assigned to a page. So depends how much effort and how much value is it going to bring to the website or business or potentially is that actually the, the, the problem the website has for not ranking? Um, another factor, again, going back to the page speed is comparing to others that rank higher on the specific terms for the page. Um, is their speed better or worse? Um, do you actually need to hit 100%? I wouldn't say so. 
can you fix 100% of the technical errors um, in Search Console? Sometimes not. Uh, you would still have a lot left off, which are normal. For example, uh, you created a page, you redirected the page, you updated all the links. Um, so you're not actually linking to the old page, but Search Console still reports a redirected page. Um, that's not something you can fix because it's already fixed. It's just a report that letting you know there is a 301 redirect happening. Or uh, let's say somebody is visiting your website without HTTPS. Uh, they just go to HTTP or domain.com. They get a 301 redirect. Uh, a tool like Ahrefs would report a 301 redirect happening on your website, which is normal, and that's how it's supposed to work. So uh, you can... Um, Clients can always get scared when you give them a report like you have 20,000 errors on the website, but sometimes those could be like 15 to 20 fixes that are implemented. Some of these could be ignored uh, because even though it shows as a critical error, it's that's the way how it's supposed to work. Um, so using the tools is just get, getting the information um, of what's going on with the website and then filtering out what's actually necessary to fix um, or to, to spend time on. Or it, do you have the resources to fix it? Is it possible to fix that on? Is it possible to get 100% on a WordPress site? Not necessarily. You may yeah. look into another CMS for that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I know I didn't directly answer your question, but I did yeah. give some tips and tricks on how to handle it. Yeah, I agree. You, you don't need to be mad, you know, about that, obsessed that to get 100%. Think uh, about sales, about traffic, about, then about uh, all fixing all technical errors. Yeah, but some uh, errors are critical. And uh, I want to ask you about how these errors appeal. For example, you know, it's interesting because uh, we can fix technical errors, but in a few weeks, if I check out one more time, I see new errors uh, and some old can came back. So can you tell how errors can appeal and uh, your tips what to do, for for example, like uh, to check out uh, one time a month, you know, to technical audit, any tips about that? Uh, sure. So depending on what platform you're using or how the website is built, that what can cause errors. Um, there are a few ways to go about it. Let's say a standard CMS like a WordPress. Um, every time an update happens uh, to a new WordPress version or some plugin updates automatically or you manually update it, that could introduce some new technical errors to the website that you haven't seen before. Um, if you have a custom website over time, um, you're updating code, different teams are updating different things on the website. So new errors could be introduced with the update. Um, you're changing something and you can, you're not thinking that it could impact some other URL somewhere else where the canonical could disappear, for example, or appear. Um, sometimes those, those can be just, you know, human error. Um, so it, it varies from where you look at it. Um, one point we could also touch here is the search console error reports that you're getting uh, pretty much weekly it sends out an email saying you know you have an issue with your structured data on this page um, sometimes when you look closer those could be just warnings not necessarily errors 
to fix, but something that could become an error in the future if Google changes some of the parsing mechanisms, mechanisms um, of its bot. And sometimes you would see a page, let's say it says uh, it's no longer mobile friendly. You go in there, you inspect the page, and suddenly it's just fine. Um, in those cases, usually this is when you dive into the server logs to see what happened with that specific URL when Google crawled it. Because it is possible that one of your JavaScript didn't load. <clears throat> your server couldn't handle the traffic. Um, there was an ongoing update going on on your website. Um, there was too much traffic. Your server couldn't you know, uh, handle all that traffic. And then at the same time, you had a search engine bot coming in. So there could be different factors. Um, if you're not making a lot of updates to the website, that could be also maybe the server system has changed. You know, uh, the, the version of your server has upgraded and there is an error introduced because of that. So you, you always have that upkeep uh, of tech especially with older platforms that you need to follow up with. How often to do technical audit um, depends how often you update the website or how many pages you have. Um, sometimes it could be every week putting some kind of a crawler on autopilot to crawl and report or sometimes it could be every couple months depending you know how important that website is or you know what are you trying to achieve with it. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice, really well. I, you know, uh, I wrote an article about why label SEO tools. I reviewed 19 tools, great tools like SEMrush, Serenkin, uh, many others. And I found some tools can provide obsolete data, obsolete information. For example, the recommendation that you need to have 2000 words on your page. You know, of course, it depends. Uh, uh, on user intent, on content, or for example, uh, uh, if you have title, the tool can tell you need to have like 60 symbols. Who, who said 60 symbols? Uh, if uh, it's enough to get like 40 symbols or uh, 65. So can you tell how to, for, for example, if we use tools and get such uh, obsolete recommendations, tips, uh, how to figure out which are good, uh, which are not, because uh, many users have no extended experience to feel it. Uh, and your tips, how you can figure out which one uh, greater, which are not. <laughs> um, those absolute recommendations are very helpful if you don't know a lot about SEO and you just want to do something about it uh, but when when you are an expert in the field uh, this is some of the critical errors you ignore from those tools uh, there are many factors impacting a page's ranking in in search results um, and Google has been clear over the years that the length of the word or text is not what gets you ranking um, it's more of the other factors and how your text is written or how does your page answer the user's query. So if you, you, you're looking for, you know, what is something, um, you're not looking into buying it at that point in stage, right? You, you, you just want to find out. And um, some of these, um, you know, feature snippets that started popping out past few years um, 
help answer the user's query right on Google search results rather than going to a third-party website. Um, back to the original question about obsolete, uh, you know, how many words you should put on the page, what should be the title lengths. Um, those you know, are good recommendations. Not, you know, I can feel it's not obsolete. It's more like uh, related to average data. You know, like uh, every studies can show that uh, pages with 2,000 words rank better. But, you know, of course, but the average pages, but if you are talking about the whole internet, it depends. You know, for example, yeah. if people are looking for a keyword, I don't know, Elon Musk age, yeah, uh, Google can reply to this question. <laughs> you don't need to write an article about his age and why he has this age. People need the, the number. So, any tips, you know, how to figure out that this, uh, recommendations uh, probably the average or obsolete yeah something like that uh, again those tools are helpful to give you an idea um, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna name tools but some of those tools they take the content let's say from the top 20 pages of Google they analyze the content and say you know most of the competitors use this keyword three four times within their context average text is so much you know you got to score X number to get ranking on the on the first page of Google or you know top three results, this is what you could improve on. But still, that this depends on the query that the user was running. You know, if if the user was looking for a government agency, uh, it's going to be tough to outrank that specific government agency with some of those keywords because they're number one. You know, that's what the user is specifically looking for. But when we dive into different keywords. Um, you, you could focus on other things. Um, the average data is good. It's helpful. It lets the writer, copywriter know what others are writing about or what to write about. Sometimes you may um, forget like related keywords or synonyms that you could use in your context to make it more friendly. But ultimately, does your page answer the user's query? Is your user trying to buy something or is your user trying to learn something more? Similar scenario is with the, the meta titles. Uh, there is this limit, you know, 56 to 60 characters. That's a recommended maximum because that's how much usually a search engine would display on its results pages for the meta title. Um, you don't want your meta title being cut off. Um, and some recommend that, oh, you don't want it too short. But I've seen a lot of pages that have two words in their meta title and they rank number one because that's specific topic that page is talking about uh, or one keyword in the meta title and that's it so even though it may show up as a critical issue in some kind some of these tools you don't necessarily need to do any action towards it because you already mentioned what the page is talking about uh, you, there is nothing else to add on top of it uh, same for the meta description there are so-called limits on the lengths uh, but that again comes back to what the search engine results pages are showing up. So if it's showing up to 200 characters or 160 characters, uh, that's what those tools recommend you to use. But I wouldn't say it's like really important to focus on that. And at the same time, I wouldn't say you should put you know all your page copy into the meta description because you want to have those keywords in there. So try to be realistic on how many words you want to use, but don't focus yeah. on those numbers either. Yeah, Ludwig, uh, my next question about uh, 
web developers you know uh, for example you now what iphone uh asios often uh create audits uh technical audits then uh send to clients or to web developers and when they get this audits in most cases they can fix even 18 percent of all these recommendations i often see it uh probably it's better to find other web developers probably they don't understand i don't know can you tell how to simplify understanding of you uh of technical audit because uh, uh once i found on twitter that uh, uh, customers usually implement 40% of all recommendations. But if you are talking about creating content, yeah, uh, 40%. But about technical optimization, <laughs> yeah, I think the number is less. So any tips how to explain web developers what to do, how to fix it? Uh, and uh, Or, for example, you can share your examples, how you usually explain about that. Absolutely. It uh, depends on the issue uh, or, or what you are trying to get to the developer. Um, usually an initial education is more important if the developer is not familiar with SEO or how different portions of a website could impact SEO. Um, so initial education is important. Usually what would I try to do when speaking with the developers directly uh, before giving them the task to do this, it would be like, this is how we have it. This is a better practice. This is why we need to change it and then give them a couple of options how to do it. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but there are just so many different different scenarios. But ideally, you, you don't want to just say, oh, fix this for SEO, but rather how else could it improve the website? For example, let's say internal links, you have a ton of, you know, 301 redirects, right? For SEO, you want to correct the link to do directly link to the destination page uh, and eliminate the 301 redirect. Uh, one way you can explain it to the developer that is going to improve the server performance is let's assume a search engine is coming to the website. It sees page one link. It goes to page one link, gets redirected to the page two link. So if you update the link to page two directly, the page one link is not going to be visible anymore, uh, right? The search engine robot may visit that page from time to time to check if the redirect is happening or not. But at least at the moment you remove those 301 links from your internal links, um, you reduce the number of hits your server gets at least by 50%. So no longer page one is being linked to the robots don't visit the page one because they don't see that link anymore. And you improve the server performance with that small change. Um, you can even ask the dev team to export the logs to see how many times that 301 is being visited, you know, how many times it's being crawled. Uh, same thing with the user. If the user clicks on link, page one link, gets redirected, they made two hits to the server to get to their destination. If you fix the link, they're going to get just one hit and directly go to page two. So you eliminated one. 0 0.001 second, let's say, of your server time and server load. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you uh, share a great lesson about website migration on my SEO course. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, to learn this lesson. Can you tell uh, for uh, listeners uh, who didn't take this course about uh, checklist of website migration because uh, i often see when websites lose ranking positions traffic 
because uh, of doing something wrong or not correctly, I don't know. Uh, so can you provide your checklist, how you uh, prepare website for migration and implement the process? That's a long topic to cover, <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a lot of work involved uh, depending on the size of the website, the importance, etc. But I usually split it into three, three part checklists. One is pre-migration, then the migration day, and then post-migration. Uh, the post-migration is usually even two, three months long, you know, rechecking the data because sometimes the issue you don't see right away, they could come up in two months because you and the developers missed it. Um, if, if someone is uh, working in migrations often, I would recommend them to create their own checklist and keep updating it with their experience of each and every new website migration. Uh, the migration day is usually a one-day checklist. You know, the site went live, are the redirects happening, is everything okay? Uh, the pre-migration is the heavy load, uh, understanding, you know, how many pages does a website have? Which of these pages is important? You know, which should be migrated, uh, which could be deleted, or which needs to be 301? Um, are we migrating from, um, are we doing a redesign? of the website or we're migrating from a platform to another platform because those could introduce different challenges um, if there is a server change there could be domain pointing issues that could come up um, so it depends on the type of the migration as well um, or what's the website undergoing because uh, every time you update your website you're introducing changed code um, you want to make sure that code isn't making it worse it's making the website better um, and improved, whether you're working on the speed, the redesign, you're changing the server, upgrading the platform or whatever. Um, so it depends on what type of a migration the website is undergoing and then making a list of things to check, starting from, um, you know, did you migrate the Google Analytics code or Google Tag Manager code from your old to the new website? Um, you know, how many pages have the highest traffic? You want to make sure those pages aren't too different from one another are the urls changing is the metadata changing is the copy changing is the form disappearing on the page and a ton of other things that could happen so just making a list of things that you could think of depending on the type of the change you're introducing yeah you know it's interesting that it depends uh, most uh, common reply in seo <laughs> you know uh, john Mueller often replies like that it depends i agree with that because it's really because it depends uh, Ludwig, my next question about ai you know that was simple to ignore hard today impossible tomorrow and uh, a few days ago i spoke with jeff Coyle. Uh, co-founder of Market News, uh, we discussed about AI because uh, his um, uh, website can help a lot with AI. Uh, and, um, you know, he told me that in the future we will have three types of companies. The first type uh, that can develop AI, the second type of company can implement and uh, integrate AI to their products. And the third type is obsolete. No, obsolete companies that can leave the trade. So can you tell how AI can impact technical optimization? Because I know Amazon web developers use ChatGPT 
to create quotes probably it can help to save some time and your tips how to uh integrate ai if you can develop of course <laughs> how to integrate ai in uh technical optimization uh that chatter is uh also related to some of the other chatter that's going on oh seo is dead because ai is going to replace the industry right um i would say seo as it stands search engine optimization is going to live as long as search engines live um it's going to change um and it's been always changing um going back you know 20 years it was just about the meta title domain and the keyword uh you would use in the meta title you could rank for a keyword but today you know you gotta do a ton of other things to make sure your website is search engine optimized and similar scenario is happening now with the introduction of ai um for example copywriting right no you no longer have to do low quality content because a product like chat gpt integrated with market news can make things a lot easier like, um, just now we talked about the different ranking and you know uh content lengths etc and market news is one of the tools that does that the type of analysis and recently they integrated chat gpt as well so depends how you want to use it if we're talking about um ai answering basic questions like you know what is the age of person x um google has been trying to do it with you know feature snippets for years now um a few years back there was the introduction of voice search and everybody was like seo is gone uh, but no, SEO evolved, SEO improved, uh, and better optimized the website for search engines. How to integrate AI? Um, for technical SEO, it depends. So it depends how the market, uh, the market is going to move forward with the websites. Um, are still people going to be interested in those low quality copy websites that are spamming the internet with a lot of pages or generating a lot of content even with chat gpt today to generate to get more pages indexed and kind of steal traffic uh and then market something you know put ads on the website etc it depends how how the market will move we're gonna see it within the next few months or within the next couple of years of course companies who develop ai um, i think there aren't going to be too many of them there are going to be a few major ones that are being used as plugins or as sources for other types of applications. Um, the, the companies that implement them, of course, um, they're they going to be there to, to integrate uh, with, with your solutions. What are you trying to achieve? Let's say I know technical SEO and these are the types of formulas I have developed over the years that I use day to day. I could train the AI with those formulas to reduce the amount of work I'm doing. Um, is it gonna replace me? Um, few years at least, um, because it doesn't, it, the AI lacks the real life experience. Uh, the AI lacks a lot of things that are outside of the code base or text or zeros and ones uh, that it needs to comprehend, understand and see and, um, take in before it can provide feedback right but a lot of things definitely could be automated for example page speed checking uh, analysis comparison of 
five websites together and giving you a report. How are you doing against your competition? It, even today, you could compare a few websites together using ChatGPT or Bard, um, and it would give you some kind of scoring or you know, it would list the different things that you'd spend two, three hours analyzing within a matter of a couple of seconds uh, for you to look into. Um, you could debug your code. Um, and you could better train your AI for your specific website, what to check for, whether it should check for the canonical URL, the 301 redirects, the 404 errors, et cetera. So you could do a lot of QA automation with AI and train it over time. Um, I think over the course of next year or two, there is gonna be a lot of improvement um, and a lot of automation um, and usage of AI tools as assistance is going to improve so it's going to come down of what type of an expert you are and what you can do that the ais can't do yeah yeah nice nice i agree i agree i think ai is not replacement but it's a replacement for someone who ignores ai <laughs> you know if you ignores to adapt in your products in your uh, execution yeah it's a replacement because it's the same like you no know, when farmers got the first tractor you know someone who ignored the tractor technology they of course they could lose uh, their jobs because it's hard to dig this land but if you adapt and can control the tractor why not if you can drive it so you can get uh, results and you know according to seo is that i think yeah seo will be that but i don't know how uh, long it will take you know to be that because everything has the end everything uh, i remember when jeff bezos said that amazon will be bankrupt one day but yeah who knows when this day will uh, become yeah. you know uh, i think it's the same like uh, seo can be replaced of course can of course but even uh, to, uh you know i don't care about that because uh today google has eight billion searches a day so eight billion searches if you see decline you know if you see decline then uh, even you know seo is not only about ranking on google uh you can learn how to create high quality content that you can adapt to any marketing channel you can learn how to increase speed of your website and have website with, without technical errors it's important for users it doesn't matter what kind of channel you use because is seo is far away from just ranking on google many things you can learn from seo but having this experience can help to any other marketing channel don't care about seo is that or not so today it's uh, seo is strong and it takes time to change habits people don't change habits uh, for a moment it takes time so yeah that's why seo is strong and once even... the search engines die that's when seo is gonna die uh but it's yeah. gonna get changed to something else maybe yeah. ai it... optimization yeah, I think marketers on radio and TV didn't lose their jobs because they adapted to digital. <laughs> so if yeah. metaverse will come, okay, we can adapt to metaverse. Uh, but if you have experience, you can adapt faster than your competitors without experience. And Ludwig, my final question to you about the future. Uh, yeah, we touched about this topic. But anyway... Yeah, uh, tell what kind of future will be in technical optimization and your tips how uh, we can adapt today to this possible future. 
Um, it's hard to predict the future. Even with that much data giving it to the AI, it wouldn't be able to predict the future. Um, but of course, everything is moving towards improvement um, and growth, um, whether it's a website, um, a, a good idea. You know, when the mobile apps came out, everybody was saying the websites are going to be dead. Uh, but today, you don't necessarily install an app because you want to visit a website or you want to purchase something. Um, you may have apps like Amazon, but sometimes when you buy from other stores, you don't necessarily install the app, right? So there is going to be some kind of change, uh, some kind of improvement. Um, the pace is very fast uh, with AI because you get to do things 10 times faster or 100 times faster, where once you provide all the information to AI, it could do the review or report to you within, within seconds. Uh, SEO... I don't think it's going to die until the search engines die because that's what the name is, right? Search engine optimization. <laughs> There's a search engine that needs to feed some kind of data or you need to feed to it. So you need some kind of optimization for it. But I believe that some of the queries and some of the need for search engines could be replaced uh, with AI, not necessarily chat GPT because it's more of a language model, but once BARD, let's say, is improved or Bing is improved um, to use artificial intelligence, the actual artificial intelligence behind it, um, those could answer a lot of queries on the spot, like featured snippets where the person doesn't need to visit a website. But still, there is going to be some kind of an expertise that those AIs won't be able to answer. They can analyze the data, they can analyze the text, they can give you a response, but they're not experts. So you have the real life experience, which people would need to feed to those data centers um, in a way. And that's where you will need some kind of optimization, whether it's SEO, AIO, whatever you want to call it. But there's still yeah. going to be need for that. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, Ludwig, uh, I still have one question. It's important to ask this question because I have students in my network who are looking for ways how to learn from scratch uh, without experience. And uh, let's imagine you have no experience. Forget about your 20 years of experience. You started today, only today. Everything what you have is just your laptop, nothing else. So what would you do today to learn more about technical optimizations? In either case, I believe uh, the knowledge comes in when you dive into the actual problems. Mm -hmm. So build a website, take a website, and start looking into the problems and then looking into how to fix those problems. Um, today, you can create a free website with WordPress um, or some other platform, um, implement a design, put some content in there, crawl and see what kind of errors it has, and then try to fix those errors. That's when you learn, that's when you remember. Um, you know, at, at school, you're, you're, you're being taught something, then they give you a test. But in, in the real life, you usually are given a test, and as a result, you learn something. Um, so I would say SEO is similar to that. You can learn quicker, um, you can learn faster. You do need some some kind of initial uh, knowledge. For example, what is HTML? What is CSS? What is JavaScript? Um, some of those basic things. But on all this information is available free out there. Maybe reading, you know, uh, Google's Webmaster Guidelines, uh, best practices, 
um, taking the WS3 schools course for HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, uh, maybe even XML a little bit, and then making a website and trying to rank it and then fixing the issues and then moving that website to another domain once it picks up some traffic. Yeah, nice, nice. I agree. You know, I, I, I couldn't agree more because it's now, uh, for example, if you learn a lot and do nothing, you get nothing. But if you yeah. learn less, but implement and execute, then you can learn, really learn. The most skills are coming after uh, implementation, execution. And uh, I think, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo prefers to hit the ball thousand times a day than to read how to play soccer, you know. Yeah, of because it's, it's practice. Ludwig, it's a big pleasure to get on the show, to learn from you, tell our audience the best way, how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Um, I think LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, I do tweet sometimes, um, email. Um, I'm happy to help. Um, I have a lot of people reach out and asking questions that they don't necessarily find on how to fix in, in some areas. So whenever I can help, I'm always there. Um, just Google my name and I would be the only one in the world with this name. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, guys, you can find the links uh, to LinkedIn account, to Twitter account in the description below. Also, Ludwig posts content time to time on Search Engine Journal. You can enjoy this content, so valuable. You can find articles that uh, Ludwig wrote on my SEO course. Yeah, very helpful. Uh, it's a big pleasure again. Thank you a lot because I love this experience. Uh, that was fun, interesting, valuable. I recommend to anyone to follow Ludwig on social media because you can see a lot of value. Okay, love you. See you.